Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. I think it's fair to say you guys know I love coffee. I cannot get through the day without it, and somehow I've become the person who exclusively drinks Fable Grounds coffee. Every time I go on vacation, I think I should seriously bring some with me because nothing tastes like it. It's roasted in small batches in Maryland, and it's every book lover's dream. Fable Grounds has fandoms like Lord of the Rings, Six of Crows, and even some of our favorite Greek gods. The bag sizes range from two ounces all the way up to 12, so you can try a few different flavors before you find your perfect one. She also has gorgeous stoneware mugs that I use quite literally every single day. There is nothing like drinking coffee out of a stoneware mug. It is an experience, I'll say that. So check out Fable Grounds Coffee and use my code LLAMA10 to save on your next purchase. Hi. Hello. I say the same greeting every time. I actually realize this as I edit and I'm like, I am so annoying. I need to think of something else. So I'm just going to go with hi. Hi. Don't worry. Uh, Not that it's the same, but when I look back on all of my TikTok videos, they all start the same and it's embarrassing. So you know what? I love that journey for you. It's okay. It is okay. Everything is fine. It's great. It's honestly great fabulous it's better that we have no greeting everything cold start (laughs) that's correct how's it going it's going good i'm i'm just you know thriving and surviving we're back in our cowboy romance era for the first time in like 12 years which feels wild to me we being you just me yep just you i have some some questions for you this is this how do you feel about the fact that i'm going to be like interviewing you yeah, I'm excited about this. I'm excited. I feel like it's it's been a long time coming. And like when Kirsten and I first started the podcast, we would talk about, you know, like our old life and some of these things. And yet we never, ever discussed like covering a cowboy romance or like a cowboy book in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I've done like the interviews with CJ Box and like Craig Johnson, who write sort of in that like Western genre. And I like work for a Western publisher, but I have not ever talked about a Western book and I haven't read like a you true have, I, yeah, yeah. cuz i feel like when done and dusted first kind of hit the airwaves i want to mm-hmm. say you were definitely like nope not there yet not i'm so glad you all are on your journey that's right i'm going to not be there so i am so glad you finally decided to join us i did <laughs> and i have so many questions cuz i am okay. dying to know should we i don't know do like a little intro yeah. What is our intro? I don't know. So, well, if if you guys haven't figured it out by now, it's Molly again. <laughs> Welcome AKA back. The, the new co-host, but not really. That's correct. Really. Molly will be on a lot of episodes next year too. Well, I was going to ask Ray originally, and then they were like, oh, I don't remember anything that happened. Because I was like, they're the one that got me the book in the first place. Yeah. Sent it to me for my birthday. And I was like, all right, maybe I will actually read this one because I got it as a gift. And they were like, I don't remember any of the book. So ask Molly. And I was like, all right, I will. And I was like, maybe it's too many times for Molly to be here, but that's not true. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. No, I, they are the reason why I read the book as well. Okay. So, and I actually read it on my way to book Bonanza to see oh. all of our wonderful friends. I like that. Uh, yeah. When did but this I, book come out? I genuinely don't remember. We should have looked this up. 
June 6th, 2023. Wow. Okay. So it's been on for a little bit. Yeah. And we saw each other in June. So that's that tracks because I read it at the end of June. So and it had just come out. But it recently, within the past couple of months, got picked up for traditional publishing, which like, congrats. That's amazing. We love to see it. I'm so excited about that, honestly. Yeah, no, I am too. I really want to read the next one. And I want to own them all because I love the covers. The covers are classic. I think that's what kind of like sucked me in in the first place where I was like, because I've seen a lot of the Elsie Silver books, you know, all of those ones come around and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of interested. And I think Laura Pavlov also has Mm -hmm. like a big cowboy romance uh, series that everybody's very interested in. And I was like, meh. And then when that one came out, I was like, is it time? Is this, is this me? And then I was like, well, I'll just add it to my wish list. And like, maybe if I get it, then I'll read it. And I did. And I have, and here I am. And here you are. Oh my gosh. So first and foremost, in case anyone on here doesn't know, Tatiana was a cowgirl, Way back like legit a cowgirl, which tell me if I'm wrong, is one of the main reasons why you were not going on this journey when everybody else was because you legit lived this life. Yeah. So like, I feel like I have read a lot of contemporary romance over the last like two, three years. And I'm very fine with like any of the jobs, any of these people have. And a lot of the times I don't know what they are. So I'm like, I'm just living in the moment. But I think if I was like a scientist, I know people have like said this, like they have issues with, you know, for example, like some of Ali's books because they're like, oh, I was this, you know, I was a PhD and it was nothing like this or whatever it was. So I think that was my hesitation was like, if it's not accurate, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves because a lot of people I think try to like be that like I think there was a big trend a long time ago of people being very like in their rodeo cowgirl era and it wasn't really real like Mm -hmm. I know that was a thing when I was when I was in FFA and like in high school and college and stuff like it was just a statement and we were just such assholes about it of being like I'm the most punchy and like being super punchy and so I was like man if someone messes this up I'm gonna like hate this book and be so annoyed by it so -hmm. I think that's what my hesitation was and then I also used to read a lot of like cowboy bodice rippers, I guess you could call them like big sky wedding and those like mass market paperbacks way back in the day before I really got into like ag and FFA and like doing all of that. And then I sort of stopped when I got into it because I was like, this is just so dramatic. And my hesitation with getting back in it was that it was going to be equally as dramatic. And there was going to be a lot of these elements that like I wasn't going to like. And then I was worried about the accuracies, but I was very wrong with this one. So Oh, I love that. Well, what I like is it's a mix of a cowboy life, but then also the rodeo life. And not that I can personally speak for the rodeo life, but my dad, born and raised in Texas, my dad proposed to my mom at a rodeo. So watching rodeos growing up has been like a pillar of my upbringing. So understanding, you know, the barrel racing and what that's like for a person and how important it is and understanding Emmy's trials and tribulations was something that I could understand and not necessarily speak to, but empathize with. But the cowboy side, the cowboy life is something that I don't know, but that's something that you are the one you have the most experience with because you worked on a ranch. Yeah. So I don't have a huge rodeo background. This is why I always thought like why Kirsten, I would never have covered one of these because Kirsten actually did used to barrel race. And I don't know a ton about rodeo. Like my experience is like cattle ranching and 
like horse breeding because I was used to work on a horse farm. And then I worked on a dude ranch, which is basically what Swift and Saddled is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited to read that one because I've worked on a couple different dude ranches. So like that one, as soon as I read the description, I was like, okay, maybe it's time to enter my done and dusted era because I need to know what, how that it all comes together. Uh, but I actually did work on a dude ranch, like a guest ranch in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So this was like, yeah, this one hit like really close to home and I don't have the rodeo experience, but I do understand like a lot of the elements that Emmy was kind of going into and I liked their description, but yeah, it definitely tied a lot of different elements of the cowboy romance together, which mm-hmm. I think makes is why I liked it so much versus like just a small town romance. And I right. think we can kind of get into like the comparison between like cowboy romance versus like small town later in the episode if we want. And like what those elements for me as like a small town romance girly and you as like the expert in small town romance and like what those right two different things look like. Exactly. Well, I guess you answered my main first question really was, yeah, why did it take you so long to read this? But you definitely answered that. And we all understand. I, <laughs> I, I totally get it. Not from having experience per se, because number one, everybody always writes about marketing professionals and I am a marketing professional. Hallmark writes about marketing professionals and Mm -hmm. I want to like poke my eyeballs out. But I know, and our friend Jess says the same thing, whenever there's a book that's takes place in Washington, DC, and it's not accurate, it just... Really it, like, drives me crazy. The book, right? Right. I mean, and that's that's the case for even a lot of the shows that take place in the DC area. Yeah. Um, like I, my one, my favorite background show, Criminal Minds. That's um, <laughs> I'm fine. I promise you. But the fact that they show like Spencer Reed taking the metro to Quantico, there are no metros that go that far south. Right. So I don't know what they're saying. What, where, where, where is this fictitious metro? It's the secret FBI metro. <laughs> also, they get to DC in 0.5 seconds, and I'm like, I'm sorry, you are a solid 45 minutes to an hour from the DC border. So yep. try again. Um, it's things like that that, um, and I could understand why you had some apprehension about starting this, but um, yeah. This was the perfect one to start with, I will say. I didn't, Okay. I kind of knew, I guess, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't really paying attention that it was set in Wyoming. And I think for me, like that was even more appealing. And I'm interested now that I'm in it, I'm full send. Uh, <laughs> I started, I like dipped my toe in and I actually read Big Nick Energy before this. And it was marketed as a sort of cowboy romance, but he owns a Christmas tree farm and has like horses and stuff like that. But it's not necessarily like full on ag farming cattle yeah. ranch operation I was say, it's not a cattle ranch it's more and it's from what i can picture and pick up it's like in new jersey right correct yeah so i mean it was it's cowboy romance light which we love i mean new jersey is the garden state so there That's are correct. lots of green areas we just think of like trenton but yeah <laughs> Jersey City so yeah I started with that one and then I was like okay done and dusted and I have Hopeless from Elsie Silver so I think I'm going to read that next maybe not the next book on my TBR but I will I think that's the next one I'm going to pick up and I also have the Ark of Swift and Saddled so I do I do need to read that you do can I also add another one that's kind of I want to say light in that that would be Rootbound oh yes I I do own that so I, I need to read that one too and that one's more of a 
you can't go home again, but can you kind of um, story. So it's someone who left that world and tried to escape it and comes back. So that is the vibe. Yeah. It's very actually similar vibes. I feel like to done and dusted. In yeah. My. So we love that story. That's actually, we, I've discovered recently as I read this, that, that, that is the story that I love, but I like when it's the girl and not the guy that comes home. And that is the case in Rootbound. So I think you're really going to like it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm adding that to the list for next list. year. <laughs> exactly. So I have to ask, knowing that you have, you know, your cowgirl experience, did you have, and you said you liked it and this was the perfect one for you to like really kind of swan dive into the cowboy era. Did you have like PTSD moments reading this? A little bit. I definitely, as I was reading it, like, I don't know, there's, there's something wrong with me. First of all, mental health, (laughs) it's like (laughs) winning. But I think like, I, when I think back to all that times when I worked on a dude ranch and when I was like that person and I was so, I will say like, I didn't necessarily like grow up on a ranch or anything like that. I rode horses when I was younger, like most kids took riding lessons. And then when I got into high school, I joined FFA and I became like inundated in agriculture. I was like, this is a life I didn't even know about. I showed, you know, goats and cows in high school. When I got done, I majored in ag and then I worked on a ranch. And that was a lot of my farm experience comes from college. So like, and then when I graduated, I was like, I don't want to be an adult. I'm going to work on a dude ranch. And then I worked as an equine technician for like three years of my life as well. So I did it for a really long time before I became this person. (laughs) And I think it's like, those to me are like my highlight reel. Like those Mm -hmm. moments in my life are like my highlight reel. Like, you know, when you talk to people, you do job interviews, you like tell people about your life or whatever. You're like, oh yeah, I worked on a dude ranch in Wyoming for like a summer. And you know, I worked in the Middle East on like an equine, like worked as an equine technician and all that kind of stuff. So it's like when I tell the people that stuff, I'm like, yeah, that feels like the highlight reel. Like that was like the best moments of my life. And going back and reading these, I'm like, God damn, I wish I was like going back home to live in Wyoming and work on this very successful cattle ranch. Mm-hmm. Like I was living in Yellowstone. So yeah, I think there's a couple moments in there where I was like, this is maybe why I haven't read these yet. <laughs> yeah. And that Absolutely. And that leads into kind of another question. How was it, how did you feel reading something that romanticized a life that you lived and knowing the reality of that life? Yeah. So. Yeah. I I don't know where Lila, I don't know where she's from, but I'm assuming it's somewhere it's her bio says the wild West. So she lives somewhere West of the Rockies and I can tell by the way she wrote this, that she does live somewhere around here and knows Mm -hmm. enough about Mm -hmm. it because she does romanticize it in a way that like, you know, obviously this is a slow burn and they're coming together and all those sorts of things. But I liked the elements that she added in there talking about how early Luke would have had to get gotten up to like muck stalls and do all Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And there is some privilege that comes with like owning the ranch. Like you're obviously not a ranch hand. So you're not having to do all the little things that they do you know, that the ranch hands do have to do. And they did do some of those things, but yeah, it's just sort of that, like something that I've never been because I was never like, I was always like a wrangler bottom of the barrel, like doing that kind of stuff. And so I like that. It felt like she had some experience understanding, like you have to get up early and all those sorts of things and like little nuanced stuff that she added in. Mm -hmm. But I think there is like a lot of privilege that comes with being like the owner of these ranches. And she definitely added that part into it too. Yeah, I definitely felt like, like you said, that she had experience and that it wasn't like a son-in-law kind of situation where 
I'm not saying that Lila is Polly Shore, but she wasn't writing this experience from like a city slicker point. Right. It definitely, whether she did the research and knew what to say or had family that's involved or friends or has, you know, was part of FFA in high school and knew, um, that was definitely apparent in just the the basic structure of how she wrote about the lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. I have a feeling, I don't know, we're, we're just assuming at this point, but based on the way she wrote it, I think that she's either from a small town or has been to a lot of small towns and spent some time there, like lived mm-hmm. in them at some point. Mm-hmm. My guess though, I don't know if this is a question for you have later on, but my guess is that she wrote English at some point in her life and she did not ride Western because she makes a few comments that are very like, yeah, not, it's not like a critique in any way, shape or form, but like in Western, you call it a cinch, not a girth. And like, uh-huh. that is so English to call it a girth. So like those and like the cross ties that she mentions a lot that for us, like in Arizona, it's different. And I was asking some of my horse friends, cause I was like, I don't know if this is a me thing or if this is like a Western thing, or if it's like an Arizona thing, but we were trying to think that it's because of like the weather that people have cross ties. But like in Arizona, we don't, we have hitching posts. Yeah. So I don't, that's a real English thing to do the cross ties here. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if that's because you can't have hitching posts in the winter in Wyoming because it's way too cold to like be right. tacking up outside. So those sorts of things, or like that's a rich people thing. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> like rich people barns have cross ties. So I don't know if that's You're like, I'm not cross tie rich. I am hitching post rich. Right, right. <laughs> so like, I don't know if that's like a weather thing, if it's the barn thing, like that's, so those were the two that I kind of noticed. And I don't, like I said, it's not a critique or in any way. I just think that she probably does actually have experience riding English mm-hmm. horses in the way that she describes things. And like, is very, she like makes sure that she mentions when like Emmy is sitting on the ground with Maple that like they both got up and gave her enough room to stand like and doesn't leave those things out makes me think that like Lila does actually have a lot of experience with horses. Yeah, no, definitely gave former horse girl vibes. And I say that in the most positive way. Well, speaking of, let's talk about Emmy as a character and as someone who and this can kind of lead into also or blend into that discussion between like a cowboy cowboy romance and like a small town romance. Cause yeah, this all takes place in a small town, but then there's a ranch involved, which is like, I feel like this big trifecta, but there's only two things listed, but I guess romance would be the third thing. Coming Uh, from the city back to a small town, one small town, two (laughs) ranch, three. Three. (laughs) That is it. I think we found your like niche trope that you love. That's correct. Yeah. So like, for you, I guess as like a small town girly, what is your favorite sort of element in small town in general? I think it's really the, as much as it can get annoying, if you think about it, I think it's the con- connectivity with everyone and mm-hmm. how it's very much family oriented. Like it's a, that sense of found family, yeah, which is a trope that I absolutely love. And that is very apparent also in these western or the these cowboy romances because you are a family on a ranch that's that's your livelihood that's your whole life are these people and these horses and these cattle or or goats or whatever it is that you are taking care of and producing that is your life you usually live on the farm for from what I can gather my mom's best friend growing up lived I was growing up my mom was an adult that let me rephrase that had a farm and um 
they jokingly said they brought the city mice to the country mice and we would go play on the farm, but they did sheep was their thing. So oh, yeah, I love that. they were snooty little bitches, those sheep. That's right. They I worked flat- with sheep too. They would look at you and like turn around and like throw their nose in the air and like smenyosa walk away. And I'm like, you're going to be lamb chops tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> And they run away from you and they're yes. annoying. Yes. But they're also so cute. They're so cute. I loved, I worked, yeah, we bred lambs, uh, pigs and cattle. Mm, I love it was it. fun. And then also not to like add more, not that I need to really solidify the fact that I am interviewing you on this, but <laughs> where I grew up in Howard County, Maryland, if anyone knows that area, it used to only be farmland. That's what it was. And then obviously builders came in and built it up, but there's still very much a large farm life there. And there are still some high schools that have FFA. It was not any of the ones that I went to, but the Howard County Fair is when I learned all about like showing goats, showing land, like the showing of the animals, having the best pit beef in my entire life was, you know, and that was a local farm that provided that pit beef that was just kind of my taste in this world but yeah so the small town sorry back to your question I went off on the biggest tangent there I think for me like I said it's that found family aspect I think that I really love and it's that you know in these small towns that we read I don't think they exist I think I sent a meme to our group of friends where it was like you love to read a small town when actually small towns are just filled with like churches and arby's and there's nothing else <laughs> it's just like but in these small towns that you read about there's the bakery down the street there's that serves coffee and also maybe is a bookshop and then you have the hardware store and the grocery store that isn't a big box store it's a local one still it's almost like also time hasn't necessarily time has touched it but time capitalism wise time hasn't touched it and i think that is something that's also really attractive to me. Granted, I would need to be at least 20 minutes away from a Trader Joe's and a Target, but it doesn't necessarily need to be in my hometown. Yeah, that's very fair. I think those towns do still exist. Like I will say when I lived in Wyoming, we lived like 20 minutes outside of or 20 miles outside of town on the dude ranch, like in the middle of nowhere. But every time we went into town, everybody knew who we were. And like it did have, you know, the local thrift store and like the liquor store with the drive through margaritas and, yeah. <laughs> you know, the ice cream parlor and all those sorts of things. And they do uh, it's called Longmire Days, but it's based off of Craig Johnson's series. That mm-hmm. was the Netflix show Longmire. So it does still have that like very nostalgic feel, but also because it is like, I think a little bit of it is because it's kind of kitschy. So I really liked the way she set up Meadowlark because that's kind of what it reminded me of is yeah. having those like, you know, elements. But I think for me, for small town, it's like. Yeah, exactly what you're saying with the found family. And I think having that element of like camaraderie in a way between all of the different characters and how everyone is like rooting for everybody else. And I think in say like BK Borison series, the Love Light Farms trilogy, that one is a little bit more involved than say Done and Dusted. And I think honestly for me, I liked the way that Done and Dusted was set up a little bit better where she makes a few comments here and there. And like, you know, people do know, but it's, I'm glad that we didn't get a lot of other like side characters kind of filling Mm -hmm. in 
the gaps and like, you know, making yeah. that sense. And it, for Love Light Farms, I think it does make sense. Like, you know, the baker, like you were talking about the rival bakery and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think it does make sense for that one, but I'm glad in Dun and Dustin, she didn't just add in like the coffee shop owner is also like, you know, the local gossiper or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She makes mentions because really the star of the show is the farm. Yeah. And the horses and, and the bar, the bar, the bar the bar the bar <laughs> what a vibe what a vibe <laughs> let's talk about luke speaking of the bar yeah <laughs> so Barber. i really i really would like to petition just a very quickly for the group uh that we never have third act breakups or third act fights whatsoever like this was absolutely i just i've been asking for it and i've gotten a few of them that don't have actual breakups but like i don't even want to fight you know what i mean i want yeah. this Right. I want happy ever after forever and ever. And the conflict is between somebody that doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Like exactly. that is what I want. <laughs> I don't need that pit in my stomach feeling like, Oh God, what is going to happen now? Yeah. No. And I just don't need to know, like, I get that. I get that there's a problem and like, we have to resolve it, but I want it to be exactly like this where it's like external almost like it's between the main couple and other characters. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I was almost worried that this one was going to be Luke getting upset with Emmy for, which wouldn't been, wouldn't have been true to his character, but I, I didn't want him to be it to be that Luke got upset with Emmy about being like her quote unquote, dirty little secret. Mm -hmm. And that would have been like a character development, but like, I'm so glad we didn't go there. And I'm, yeah. I loved the way that like she made him so emotionally mature, like from page one and how much he grew was like, mm -hmm daddy i don't know and you know how I mean? he likes to share his whiskey yeah listen listen what? i'm glad that i read foxglove and we got a little bit of that beforehand and i was expecting i'm not gonna lie i think because everyone had mentioned it i was expecting more like more than once for it to happen uh but i gotta be honest it was hotter in foxglove i've gotta be honest yeah i so that's the reason why i picked this book up because ray posted about that in their stories and yeah i it, i think there was more tension in foxglove when it came to that than in this one yeah. but both both hot Listen. both something i didn't know i liked that's correct so like new kink activated like that's right <laughs> I mean, it was brilliant. It was beautifully done. That whole scene to me, I think she timed it really perfectly as well. And like that we did sort of a split timeline, like it happens. Then we get Emmy's point of view and then we come back like 20 pages later. And I was like, yeah. ooh, anything yeah. with the bar was so well done. I, I love I the way she described it. Everything yeah. about it was just perfection. And I have to say just in general, the pacing of the book was really, really well done. Absolutely. I got sucked in and it there was never a lull moment where I was like, okay, so like Emmy's having problems getting on a horse. Right. All right. Like there was never that. So bravo, Lila. Layla, yeah, I Lila. love that. I think that that this is the one thing about small town that does get really not aggravating, but like does kind of slow the pace down sometimes is when you don't have anywhere else to go. Mm -hmm. And that is why I think adding the element of small town plus the ranch plus the bar kind of gave you a little bit of everything. And like we moved a around a lot in this one physically, mm -hmm. like, you know, she's she went, you know, they they went to the watering hole. They're in her cabin. They're in the big house. They're on the ranch. 
Then they're at the devil's boot. Then they're at his house. Like there's so many. And and then she's at Teddy's. Like there's so many moments where you're moving around. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes a good small town romance good is when you're not just hanging out at their house and hanging out at like whatever the other object of affection is in this one. And I can't like think of a specific small town that does that. But I think just generally, I think you do get into these small town romances where it's like, we're just in their house and then we're just in town square. Well, I mean, that's if we want to bring it back to the show that we always talk about that's i feel like that's very much the case with like the vampire diaries until they go to college it's like the town square for whatever celebration happens to be happening in mystic falls because that town has more celebrations than i've ever experienced or that's a small town you want to and don't want to live in exactly exactly or they're at the grill i think is that what yeah the the mystic grill yep or they're at Damon and Stefan's or they're at Elena's like it's like four places and then that's it that's right and I think that's why I liked this one is because not not so much that it was too fast but it's like every other chapter were somewhere else and I think that made it seamless I love we love a dual POV too like I I would like to only read from the male point of view but I honestly loved Emmy's character and I think we Mm -hmm. needed those elements but we definitely needed to understand her trauma yeah and to understand like her thinking of of, and her struggle of wanting to get back on the horse but also not really wanting to get back on the horse and not wanting to disappoint her family Mm -hmm. and like the town that has put her up on a pedestal yeah I think we definitely needed that viewpoint but I am with you I love reading from the male's POV because I love a man written by a woman. That's correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, you see what had happened was exactly. No, and I agree. I think you know, adding those elements of Luke in there too kind of gives you a little bit. I don't know. I I sort of like the mutual pining, and I think she did a really good job of having them pine at the same time. Yeah, and also it be a slow burn, which like I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like a slow burn. Like no, I, I do. Too. I didn't think this was too. I don't think it was too slow either. Like I loved. Uh-uh the level of spice in this and I love the way that she did it and it wasn't like overt and there was so much more I think this was a lot about emotion and that's mm-hmm. what you get I I don't know I think it's the small town element of it all like we were talking about and it's not to say that like other contemporary romances don't have this right. I just think that extra element of like what is the their life gonna look like is sort of added in when you get this like cowboy small town kind of vibe because they have to talk about how it's gonna affect like everybody else around them that know them and have grown up with them and like want the best for them or whatever it is so it's like you have to add that in there versus mm-hmm. like a contemporary romance, say like, you know, a hockey romance or something like that. That's not always discussed. You know what I mean? Like, right. You talk about the future in like a vague sort of way, but these always end in something like you, hook, line and sinker. You know, it happened one summer, all that kind of stuff. Those are like you have those questions like at the end of like, what are we going to do? Are we getting married? So I think adding those elements in there adds a little more like emotional maturity. You know what I mean? 100 percent. Yeah. What did you think of the epilogue? I don't know. I feel like that it was a refreshing, like, ending. Like, you had mentioned how it's usually, like, let's get married, or we're engaged, or we're having a baby. But this was, I feel like, more realistic of what the next steps would be. It didn't happen throughout the story. So they could, you know, have their figuring each other out 
during the book and then it just ends with them moving into each with each other and that i just i don't know i just find that more realistic than let's get engaged or like usually the epilogue is we moved in together three months after blah 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 happened and now i'm going to propose to her i don't know it was refreshing what about you i agree and that's kind of why i wanted to chat because i think it really just wrapped everything up really well like I don't necessarily think we needed an epilogue I did like that she put that in there and I think it also goes to show how much is going to happen within the series that she didn't want to like fast forward the timeline and I thought that was kind of interesting and just a lot of like plotting that I enjoy and appreciate from her because Mm -hmm. like you said I don't think it was rushed for them and like if we really go back and do the timeline of this this all happens over like three months like this entire book which is very quick for like I want to be with you forever type of thing yeah and I don't think anything in it was like disingenuous in any way, like the way they express express their emotions and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I really, I thought that the ending was interesting because as soon as he said metal, I was like, is this a, and then I was like, oh no, it's a key. And I was like, oh, I like that because again, yeah. like you said, a lot of these end in that sort of way. And I really liked the pacing of their relationship. And I'm, I, I'm excited because I think so, more things are going to happen with them as characters as the series continues. And that like makes me even more excited. Absolutely. Yeah. It left enough for me to be satisfied with the ending, but also very excited for the next installments that are coming. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think that it's going to be Teddy and Gus? I think so. I think so, right? I think so. That seemed like the most logical. Okay, great. I thought it was going to be them next. And then I realized it's not. It's Wes. (laughs) I was like, ooh, as soon as the two of them like started arguing on the page, I was like, oh, Teddy and Gus sitting in a tree. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it wasn't. I was like, you were not kidding. You totally were. (laughs) I was. I like genuinely was like, as soon as the two of them started arguing, I was like, oh. (laughs) And then I was like, wrong. That's one thing I love about, you know, these small town romances is that when those not filler characters, but those substantial side characters start having their own little life and you're like "Ooh, ooh, are we getting a book with them is yes, this please <laughs> that's right is this going to be about you it is yeah. you're correct it will be about them mm-hmm. which i'm excited about i think that's perfect i i think that's gonna make it all i'm interested to see what swift and saddled looks like so yeah no i am too i have not been approved for that arc yet or they probably just are like we're not gonna deny her we're just gonna ghost her that's right and leave her on red that's that's what's happening that's what netgalley loves to do just (laughs) just nothing no words for you not no rejection or non-rejection i mean berkeley is real quick to reject but very true (laughs) were there any really accurate you talked about the differences that you noticed reading you know even if it's especially with the terminology used were there any similarities that you were like yes she got this right kind of thing that you yeah there was really a couple moments where i was like it's a little kitschy but like when she talked about the barrel pattern of her going left people i don't know a ton about barrel racing so it's not like i'm speaking on experience here but there is like a theory that if you mm-hmm. go left you're faster, faster. and mm-hmm. you know they kind of talked about that but it's really hard because a lot of horses like blah 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 and you know people are right-handed and all of that kind of stuff so i thought that was kind of interesting and i liked it her times are insanely fast, but again, she's supposed to be a world champion barrel racer. So like it made sense. And I liked right. that. It wasn't like too extreme. It's not like, oh, she was like 13 seconds. Like, no, that'd be unbelievable. That's right. Um, That's but not accurate. <laughs> that is not accurate. 
I don't, yeah, I think I, I liked that she put in the moments of them like tacking up the horses and her talking about how that was like muscle memory, but then she, you know, sort of has these like panic attacks and stuff and those things. I think that was all just very, it's very like cathartic for anyone who's like in that and who like loves horses and spends time doing that to understand that like this is real trauma. Right. And I think she explained that really well of like going through things like that and getting back on the horse and what that looks like for her. So I think, yeah, those moments were really, in my opinion, those were almost my favorite moments was when the first time she has a panic attack and like Luke is there and they don't really know they like each other and all that kind of stuff. I think those ones were like the best because it really Mm -hmm. shows just like how, how like intimate those, those experiences are. And like how you, you can do something for your whole life. And the second, like, it's that like ADHD meal idea, you know, like you can eat it every single day. And then one day you're never going to want to eat it again. Exactly. Have you had that experience, you know, whether it's a fall from a horse or they snap at you and then the next time you approach them or try to get on the horse, there is that apprehension. Like, is, is that not necessarily a fear, but that panic, something that you have experienced in your cowgirl life? life. Yeah. So I, it's probably happened to me, not like a couple of times. I did have one horse when I worked in Wyoming. I, we had like a string of horses, what they called, but it was basically our, our tack horses. Only we were allowed to ride them. We had them all summer. And I had one that was awful and I absolutely hated him. And it took me like six or eight weeks to figure out what kind of like tack to put on him. And he was horrible. And it's not that I hated riding him, but it's like, it was like a safety concern for me riding with other people. And so I would always ride him on like half day. Like we would have Thursdays would be a half day of riding. So I would always ride him on those days. But I think for me, like I never had an accident there, but I always had that like kind of concern in the back of my head until I figured it out. And then I, we did one time act like a bunch of idiots and race across the field and my horse tripped and I almost fell off. But, and we were like at a full, like, I mean, we were at like a full gallop, full gallop. but I was able to get back on. And I was a little hesitant to like do it again because I almost like, I was like hanging off the side of the saddle. It was a very, like, it was one of those like time stopped moments because I was like holding on and I could see everybody around me going like, do we slow down? What the fuck? Like, what do we do? And I was able to pull myself back on, but I was like, mm, I think I'm going to sit the next, like, you know, whatever heyday gallop we do here out. And then I did have a horse that I owned when I lived in Oklahoma and she would, not necessarily like buck or anything, but she would be really hesitant to like go down certain trails and stuff. And I was always worried when I was by myself that -hmm. something would happen because she did toss me off one time and I got like pretty hurt by it. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do this again. So I was a little scared to do stuff with her like for a while there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I ended up just like selling her and never riding again. So that's Oopsies. she's the horse that broke you that's correct yeah that's right <laughs> yeah I was, uh-huh. I was definitely interested in your take on that because I feel like you can't have worked with horses and ridden horses without having a fall or oh. a scare and having that kind of trauma and it was really interesting and I really liked how she wrote Emmy and Luke working together to help yeah like work through that fear and 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 Luke letting Emmy know that her fear is validated and that was really it wasn't like a buck up let's just do this kind of thing and that goes back to how you said you know Luke is very emotionally mature from the get-go and that's really kind of refreshing to see and he was very emotionally matured and helping her during the time that he was helping her work through this trauma yeah and then love 
That's right. So I will say she wrote at the beginning about uh, Emmy having ADHD and all of that kind of stuff. And I was thinking there was going to be a little bit more of that in there. Mm-hmm. I did too. And it okay. just... Maybe we both have ADHD and we just think those no, things we... are all normal. <laughs> we both do. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking? What murder? What murder? <laughs> That's like the entire time I was like, what is she talking about? All of these things are so normal. It's like, I do these things. Oh God, do I have ADHD? Like, I, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, was... we won't dive into that. That's, That's, fine. That's... That's for another episode. That's right. With, That's... um you know, a licensed doctor to talk to us about that. Correct. <laughs> um, the other trope that I think we both like that this book really touches on is the older brother's best friend. That's right. Uh- <laughs> I love that journey for us. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my, f- it's that forbidden fruit kind of aspect. Yeah. I think for me, like, I love friends to lovers. So then when we get this extra added element of, like, you actually didn't like each other, but you know each other so well type mm-hmm. of thing is it's, really fun. It's the same. It's a different side of the same coin, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. Yes. It's that I didn't like you, but it really is like a brother or sister not liking you because you're annoying or whatever. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, but wait, I find you attractive. And since we're not related at all this is okay but I also right. don't know how to deal with it and I think I I like it better and I don't know if I can cite a specific other book that does this but I like when they're separated and then they come back and then he realizes mm-hmm. they got hot like in one way shape or form either the brother or that. the sister and I'm yeah. like <laughs> like I think that's such a fun it's it's very predictable in a good way yeah like I yeah. think it for me it takes out the potential creep factor that's the one um because I feel like if they were not separated then like I'm just gonna make the assumption that the the brother is the oldest so the brother's best friend is older has watched this girl grow through everything and then all of a sudden is like you're hot that just but if like he goes away to college and then when he comes back she's gone to college and then she comes back and that's you know eight years apart from each other and that just you know what I mean? that makes more yeah. sense than them seeing each other consecutively their entire life and then all yeah of a then that adds that like that they like each other like yeah that gets a little creepy it's it's sort of like that like step sibling thing yeah, it- <laughs> that's yeah that's yeah yeah it has to be a separation there has to be like a moment of separation it was a short book it was so i mean it was like honestly in my opinion though i have this opinion romance books should be no longer than 400 pages like 300 and 300 something i for me honestly the sweet spot is like 310 this was 320 i'm fine with that i i don't feel like they should be more than four but i there are a lot of books that i've read that have over four that i think are fabulous and there's nothing i would cut out i just for sanity's sake wish that all romance books were somewhere around 375 pages Yeah, I think I had just read so many really thick books when I read this one, because this one Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, we're done. Oh, a novella? (laughs) (laughs) Should I have saved this for November? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it really was the perfect amount. Um, I think it's a really, like you said, it's a really good intro if you want to see if you want to get into your cowgirl era. And who doesn't want to be caught? holding that cover in public. Right. It's amazing. I, it's a work of art. 
literally. I want to know what inspired her to create that cover idea. And like, was it her cover artist? Did she have this in mind? Like, it's just so good. It's It's like, it's perfect because it's that cartoon cover romance, but Western, but not cheesy. Like, I love it. Yes. It's the nostalgia of it all. It's the, it's yeah. giving the stranger things. You know what I mean? Like it really is. It's yeah. giving like, oh, it just, it gives those bodice rippers that you were talking about. That's correct. That make it cartoon cover. Yeah. Like it just, it, it, and I feel like, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge fan of Tara DeWitt and I am follow Tara DeWitt's broadcast channel on Instagram. And she has given Lila Sage permission to post on that broadcast channel because they're friends and it is the most entertaining thing ever in the entire world tara if you ever listen to this don't ever take away her permissions because she's a little ray of sunshine that just i cackle over but yeah so okay tatiana what is your star star review oh okay i gave this five yeah I think I, I, I don't know. I was like being a little critical for a while there. Cause when we did the Chris for true love and all those things, I was like, I don't know. I'm going to say like a 4.675. Like, no, this was five. I think for me, I'm back in my vibes era. I'm back in my rating for vibes. I think like for me, it just gave me everything I wanted to give. I loved all the tropes that were in it. They didn't feel too like kitschy. The spice level was exactly where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I think she did a really good job of building every character out and giving them enough page time without it taking away from the story. Like I loved Teddy and I always will want more of Teddy, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I don't think that she didn't have enough and I don't think that she was too much and mm-hmm. same with the brothers. And I don't ever feel like there were moments that like didn't make sense and yeah. weren't included in there. Like we didn't really talk a lot about Luke's trauma, but like, his thing with his family, I'm glad that it was short because they didn't deserve that amount of time. And that's exactly. exactly what she said is like, they don't deserve your time. And I just, there were so many little like nuances in here that I feel like were perfect for small town, cowboy, nostalgic. Like it just checked so many boxes for me and mm-hmm. I gave it five. I love that. I love that. I what gave it you? four and a, I gave it four and a half. Okay. I think back in June, I was at my real critical time, but mm-hmm. now at the mm-hmm. end of the year, I'm all about vibes. So I think I just honestly gave it four and a half because I was trying not to hand out so many fives this year, Mm -hmm. but that I enjoyed it. I read it like the first leg going to Texas. It was such an easy read and so entertaining and I cackled and it just, it was, it was perfect. I do. I will say as um, like, you know, a slut for small town romance, I do like those like annoying side characters and I think I took off a half point or half a star because we didn't really have those okay that makes sense especially for you like I think the vibes that you're going for and things like that Mm -hmm. I that definitely makes sense but I absolutely loved it and I cannot wait for the next one and I need them for my trophy case so that's right they're too pretty to not have like I'm so glad I got yeah I got the indie version and I'm so glad that I got that and I don't think it's like it's not any different but like I love that I got it and in the very back it says it was published the day after my birthday so it like says on the like printed September 3rd 2023 and I'm like I love that because it was like a birthday gift to me and it was like around that time so I'm like now I get to keep that and remember it and that was just like a side note but I'm very excited to see if anything changes with Swift and Saddled, like versus mm-hmm. this one, 
having having it be traditional publishing but i'm so glad that we got an audiobook which i will be listening to you know 100%. whenever that comes out 100 percent. it's not out yet is it no okay. i don't think so i don't think so I so no we we, we do a lot of research before these episodes i, was gonna say, I feel like we should have researched <laughs> this before we got on the on the call today but yeah no i think super stoked we love a hot cowboy we love a small town so this really kind of checked up all of our boxes. Absolutely. I mean, and I think the listeners, if you like romance, I think you'll like this one too. If you don't, I don't know how you've made it this far. Honestly, right. Godspeed. what are you doing here? <laughs> I really appreciate the listens. <laughs> no, I think that, yeah, like I said, I think this came at a really good time too. Like it came out in the summer. Everyone was looking for that, like nostalgia. We all wanted those things from this. And like, I think it was just a really perfect way to like bring in the summer. 100%. And she's just so lovely and wonderful and I want to be her. So it's like totally fine and not creepy at all. <laughs> Lila. You're so glamorous. That's it. It's great. No, she's she's a hoot. So yeah, follow, she follow her yes. on the socials. She's she's a hoot. She seems so glamorous. I just I, I she's the the Gen Zer that I want to be. I don't know if she's a Gen Z or a millennial, but I'm going to assume yeah um... on the cusp anyways <laughs> big big fan loved this one uh thank you so much for coming on where can everybody find you um, thanks for interviewing you... me also yeah i loved being on the other side here you can find me on the instagram and the tiki talk both at molly smiles reads and if you're looking for a bookishly inspired candle you can also find me at um smilesandlight.com check me out love that love that shop small this holiday that's right thank you for coming on again for the fifth week in a row (laughs) i'm just week in a row it's fine Mm -hmm. this is just molly's podcast i know i'm slowly gonna it's gonna be like single white female and i'm slowly gonna take over your life that's right (laughs) okay perfect well thanks for coming on absolutely thanks for having me Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.